Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah. I think we left off on 49. We got to 55. I don't know. Read what 55 is. Uh, I don't think we got there. No, we didn't get to Sidq. We're still in patience. We didn't finish patience. Maybe, um, maybe 48, maybe 50. Maybe 50. Yeah. Type 50. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah reported, Uyayna ibn Hilsan came to Al-Madina and stayed with his nephew, Hur ibn Qais, who was among those whom Umar radiallahu anhu showed favor to. The knowledgeable people, Qurra, whether they were old or young, had the privilege of joining Omar's council, and he used to consult them. Uyayna said to Hur, My nephew, the leader of the believers, shows favor to you. Will you obtain permission for me to sit with him? Hur asked Umar, and he accorded permission. When Uyayna came into the presence of Umar, he addressed him thus, O son of Khattab, you neither bestow much on us, nor deal with us justly. Umar got angry and was about to beat him up. <laughs> he wanted to go after him. When Hur said, O leader of the believers, Allah said to his Prophet, show forgiveness and join what is good and turn away from the foolish. This one is from the ignorant. When Hur recited this, Umar became quite motionless in his seat. He always adhered strictly to the Book of Allah. This is one of the most important descriptions of Umar radiallahu anhu. You know, the f- oftentimes in the community we focus on the first part of the hadith that Umar wanted to hit the guy. That's not the important part of the hadith. The important part of the hadith is that the other companion gave him a quick reminder. And he gave him the reminder from the Qur'an. And as soon as he gave him the reminder from the Qur'an, Omar completely stopped. That's the important part of the hadith, actually. Is that, number one, his com- the other person didn't shy away to tell him. You know, he gave him the advice. And uh, he he gave him the advice, and then he he stopped. Radiallahu Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an reported, MashaAllah, you will see me after you will see after me favoritism and things which you will disapprove of. They submitted, What do you order us to do in such circumstances? He replied, Discharge your obligations and ask your rights from Allah. Interesting statement. So he's saying what? He said, After me you're gonna find all kinds of things, you don't like them. So they said, Rasulullah, what should we do when things get like that? What's what's the what's like the way that we should act? He said, "To adun al-haq al-ladi alaykum, wa tasalun Allah al-ladi lakum." So, when it comes to the right that someone else has upon you, you fulfill it, and when it comes to the right that they owe you, ask it from Allah. That's what he's saying. There's going to come a time like you can't expect you get your right from anyone. So, what is your safe route with Allah? You still have to fulfill the rights that are upon you. That doesn't change. You still have the rights that are upon you. You have to fulfill them. And as for the ones that you're expecting from people, Allah is your Lord. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
Usaid ibn Hudayr radiallahu an reported that a person from among the Ansar said, O Messenger of Allah, you appointed such and such person, and why do you not appoint me? This is very common. You know what's beautiful about these people? They actually said what they felt. Right? <laughs> like, this one's very, very common one. Why did you give so and so the thing and you didn't give it to me? You keep it inside for the rest of your life. Quit the organization. Don't get involved anymore. Drop out of everything because, like, you didn't get the job that you wanted from someone else. And you keep it inside. I deserved it. The Prophet ﷺ said, After me you will see others given preference to you, but you should remain patient till you meet me at the hold. Mm, it's an interesting translation. This is the same expression that's in the hadith before it. Just so you know, in Arabic, it's the same expression that's in the hadith before it. It said, In this one it says, they translated them very differently. Did you notice that? Anyways, so basically, afterward, it doesn't necessarily. It, this it sounds like this way. He's kind of like talking to this guy, but the Arabic doesn't really give that impression. The Arabic gives the impression that the guy says it to the Prophet and then the Prophet is making a general statement, and he's saying, "After me, you're going to see all kinds of crazy things." Basically. You're going to see things that you you don't like and just be patient until you meet me on the hold. Until you meet me in the... in the Like, things are going to go down. Abdullah bin Abi Awfa, radiallahu anhum, I reported the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at one time when he confronted the enemy and was waiting for the sun to set, stood up and said, O people, do not long for encountering the enemy and supplicate to Allah to grant you security. But when you face the enemy, show patience and steadfastness and keep it in mind that Jannah lies under the shade of the swords. Oh, this is a good one. Then he invoked Allah saying, O Allah, revealer of the book, disperser of the clouds, defeater of the confederates, put our enemy to rout and help us in overpowering them. Okay, so first and foremost, this because this one gets quoted a, a lot, right? Misquoted a lot. That paradise is under the shade of the swords. And that's what you guys believe and so on and so forth. He's literally about to go into battle. This is they're waiting for the sun to they're con, when he confronted the enemy uh, in some of the days that so, so, man these translations are I'm getting I don't have to mm. that's frustrating. And Rasulullah sallallahu doesn't mean the sunset. Right? Any Arabic speakers? Either malat shams doesn't mean the sunset. It means that the sun went past the midpoint and went into the next, the afternoon. It went after the middle of the day and is going to the afternoon. It doesn't mean the sunset. Because it doesn't make sense. If you say it's sunset and then he waited till the sunset, they were about to meet the enemy and he waited till the sunset and then he stood up and said, don't, the whole thing, like, the whole thing's past now. <laughs> they don't fight in the dark. <laughs> this is not like they fight during the day. Anyways, Madish. Be patient. It's a chapter on patience. Be patient. <laughs> o people, do not long for encountering the enemy and supplicate to Allah to grant you security. So he's saying, like, you're going into battle right now, but keep things in your head straight. The thing in your head that's straight is you don't actually want to fight. But if you have to fight, you fight and you remain steadfast and you pray to Allah to give you victory. 
right? So this is like, it's, a, it's an important principle. You know, sometimes things get to the point where people start to enjoy the fight itself. The fight is not the point. You don't want the fight. The default is that you're not fighting, actually. That's that's what the way how you would want it. And then he makes a dua at the end. That's the end of the chapter on patience. Chapter 4 is a chapter on sidq, on truthfulness. Allah Ta'ala, Ya Yuladina Amru Taqullah wa Kunuma Sadiqeen, Wakala Ta'ala was Sadiqeen was Sadiqat, Wakala Ta'ala, fellow Sadaqullah, like Hana Khairun Lahum. Allah the Exalted says, O you who believe, be afraid of Allah and be with those who are true. That's 9.119. And he also says, Subhana, the men and women who are truthful in their speech and deeds, 33.35. And then if they had been true to Allah, it would have been better for them. 47, 22, 21. Fil-awwal, the first hadith. Uh, Abdullah bin Mas'ud reported the Prophet sallam, said, Truth leads to piety and piety leads to Jannah. A man or woman persists in speaking the truth till they are enrolled with Allah as truthful. Falsehood leads to vice and vice leads to the fire and a person persists persist on telling lies until they are listed as a liar. Yuktabu andallahi kathaba. So, one of the things to think about here is that these are paths. You know, we were talking about in the tafsir night. Uh, Did we not uh, give them two eyes and uh, and a tongue and two lips? And we guided them to the two paths. One path is the path of truth and, and piety and righteousness, and the other path is the path of falsehood. And one of them will lead one way, the other one will lead one way. Good brings good, pulls good along with it, and bad brings bad with it. So the person has a choice. And when they go down one route, eventually, 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 and there's like stages in this, right? Is that when we're kind of neutral and we start to lean one way, that's not really it doesn't overcome us yet whichever way it might be but we keep going that direction keep going that direction keep going that direction until it overcomes the person that becomes like who they are so they're truthful and they're truth they're truthful and but they're not really like sometimes they are sometimes they aren't they're truthful a little bit they're not really there yet but they keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it until they're written with the law as someone who's honest and true or the opposite now we seek refuge in that Hassan ibn Ali radiallahu anhuma said, I, heard, I remember these words from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How, how beautiful is that? Hassan, Hassan ibn Ali radiallahu anhu. He's like a small, small boy in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I remember these words from him. Hafidhtu, hafidhtu min Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Da'ma yaribuk ila ma la yaribuk. Finna sidqatu mu'nina wal kadibu riba. Give up what is doubtful to you for that which is not doubtful. For truth is peace of mind and falsehood is doubt. These are very simple but very, very profound concepts, right? Like sometimes I think, especially for our community at this point, which sometimes I feel is like overly college educated, we overcomplicate too many things. Right? Some things are just very simple. This is not a good thing to do. And that's, that's a good thing to do. And don't do the thing that's not a good thing to do And do the thing that's a good thing to do And if you're doubtful about whether or not it, it's bad Just don't do it And do that thing which you're sure that it's You're sure that it's a good thing And build on what you know And don't build on what you don't know Now this is one of the qualities of the believers It's here in this hadith, it's in other places too Like in the verse in the beginning of Surah Ali Imran 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the the muhkamat and the mutashabihat right that uh, uh, so this is like These are the two things Allah says there's, I, there's verses They're very clear And there's verses That there's a little bit Of ambiguity in them So as for those who believe The verses that are clear They're the foundation Of the book And for those who Have a sickness in their heart They follow those things That are unclear Trying to like Interpret them in weird ways Or seeking some fitna and discord So this is like I'm going to focus on what I know And the other things You know you Don't have to make a madhab out of them Of course this is contrary to what we're accustomed to Right? Because that's the opposite of the madhab of, of western thought In the modern period Western thought right now The madhab is This is not to like be anti-western But the madhab is what? It's skepticism so the, met, the, the default is I'm going to build my perspective on things Around doubt Rather than around certainty uh, Different approaches This hadith says Give up what is doubtful to you For that which is not doubtful Abu Sufyan radiallahu an Reported in the course of his detailed narration About Heraclius When the latter questioned him About the teachings of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said that he Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Told us Worship Allah alone And do not associate a thing with him And give up all that your ancestors said he also said to command to perform the salat and to speak the truth and to observe modesty and to strengthen the ties of kinship. Right? So this is this is that incident where uh, Abu Sufyan comes in front of Heraclius and Abu Sufyan's not a believer. Right? And he does a really good one. You can use it in your classrooms. <laughs> he said he comes in front of Heraclius. Heraclius tells him, you know, Abu Sufyan's the leader among these people from Mecca. So he tells him, "There's a guy. I hear there's a guy who's claiming prophethood and stuff. I want to ask you some questions about him." So he said, "You come and you stand in front." And he put the other people from Mecca behind him, and he said, "I'm going to ask him questions. And if anything that he says is not truthful, I want you to indicate to me from behind, and he can't see you. The other the other people from Mecca, right?" So then Heraclius starts to ask him questions. And Abu Sufyan starts, Abu Sufyan's against Islam, right? But he starts to ask questions about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He's like, no, actually he's never spoken a lie and he's always truthful and these are the things that he's calling them to. He tells them the teachings. Look, he understands the teachings better than we do. Right? Before he was a Muslim. Eventually he became Muslim. He said, he told us to worship Allah. He told us not to just follow what our ancestors do. He told us to pray. He told us to speak the truth. He told us to be modest. To observe the ties of kinship We'll just finish the section There's only a couple of hadith left And then we'll stop on Babul Muraqibah Abu, Thab- uh, Abu Thabit from Sahil ibn Hunayf Said the Prophet said He who asks Allah for martyrdom Allah will raise him to the high status of the martyrs Even if he dies on his bed Allah اختم لنا ختم الشهداء he who asks Allah for martyrdom, Allah will raise him to the high status of the martyrs, even if he dies on his bed. Who's the most famous person? Who's the most famous of the martyrs who died in his bed? Any takers? You know this one from your MSA days. I know you do. Yeah. Most famous of the martyrs who died in his bed. Hassan. Aywa. 
Most well known. Khalid ibn Walid, radiallahu anhu. If anyone's going to die a shaheed, it's Khalid ibn Walid. He died in his bed. He's because why? Because the Prophet them said that he's the sword of Allah. The sword of Allah can't die on the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. He can't. Radiallahu That's why two favorite Afghan names: Khalid and Hamza. <laughs> Khalid and Hamza. So this is by consensus that everyone believed that he died in I mean, I, I don't know if I can say that by consensus, but yeah, I mean, that's 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 what's that's what's said. Yeah, I don't know if uh, yeah, but they, that's the example they give in, the, in on this hadith oftentimes. Abu Hurairah radiAllahu an reported that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. It's a miracle. One of the early prophets who was out on an expedition proclaimed among his people that no man should follow him who had married a woman with whom he wished to cohabit but had not yet done so, or who had built houses on which he had not yet put on the roofs, or who had bought sheep or pregnant she-camels as when expecting them to produce young. He then went on the expedition and approached the town at the time of the Asr prayer or a little before it. He then told the son that both it and he were under the command and prayed Allah to hold it back for them. So it was held back till Allah gave him victory. He collected the spoils of war, and it, and it, meaning the fire, came to devour these, but it did not. So in the previous nations, the spoils of war would be collected, and they would be consumed by fire. And in the Prophet Sallallahu Ummah, they were allowed the spoils of war. He collected the spoils, and it, meaning the fire, came to devour these, but did not. He said that among the people there was someone who had stolen from the, from the spoils of the war. He told them that a man from every tribe must swear allegiance to him, and when a man's hand stuck to his, he said, There is the thief among you, and every individual of your tribe must swear allegiance to me. So this is a prophet from the prophets in the past. These are miracles that are happening with him. Uh, in the course of swearing of allegiance, hands of two or three persons stuck to his hand. He said, The thief is among you. They brought him a head of gold like a cow's head, and when he laid it down, the fire came and devoured the spoils. Spoils were not allowed to anyone before us, then Allah allowed spoils to us as He saw our weakness and incapacity and allowed them to us. This is in truthfulness. Hakim ibn Hizam reported that the Messenger of Allah said, Both parties in a business transaction have a right to annul it so long as they have not separated. And if they tell the truth and make everything clear to one another, to each other, they will be blessed in their transaction. But if they conceal anything and lie, the blessing of their transaction will be eliminated. So very important hadith. Very, very important hadith. And ibn Khiyari Malam It's a very powerful hadith. So the two people when they come together they do business. As long as it's not completed they have a choice, right? They, and they haven't left each other and so on. There's a lot of debate in the books of fiqh as to what that means. But as long as the transaction isn't fully completed, they have a choice. They can walk away. They can go back and forth. And then finally they might agree, you know. But up to that point, it reminds me of like buying a house. You know, there's so much back and forth. They're like buying a business or something like that. From the things that I've heard from people, there's a lot of back and forth. So they make everything clear and they tell the truth. If they do that, then there's blessing in their in transaction. 
And if not, then all the blessing in their transaction has been will be eliminated. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us good in this life and the next.